Hello, and uh, welcome to a Thursday evening edition of Dating Kiki Live Presents. My name is Ryan, a.k.a. Castaway. I'm a producer slash Guy Friday here at Dating Kiki, and I'm uh, very pleased to uh, welcome back uh, our latest episode of Keeping Secrets with uh, Veer Cotto. Uh, Veer, what, uh, what is the topic tonight, and who is your guest? So the topic tonight is non-monogamy, non-monogamy, pardon me, and her privacy. And we have Trinity, uh, which I will get to in just a moment. So let me let me just do our spiel. And uh, so welcome, everyone. So welcome to Keeping Secrets. I am Veer Koto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps that you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for questions just like these people, uh, these amazing people here tonight are doing. Uh, I am your host, Veer Koto. I am a geek, a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my very out-of-date website at virkoto.com. You can email me uh, at vir at virkoto.com. Or I am on FetLife at, as virkoto, all one word. The opinions expressed in this series are my own. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my advice you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. Uh, before we start, I just want to say that this episode the one we're recording tonight, is uh, our one-year anniversary episode. We did the first Keeping Secrets on November 5th, 2020. And since then, we have covered so many topics, uh, online shopping, police encounters, using VPNs, um, the intersection of sex work and privacy. And I am so happy to be part of this program. I've learned so much from talking to you awesome people, the people that participate in the live chat and doing the research also for, for these episodes. Um, I have many amazing topics planned to, to cover in 2022, and I am thrilled to bring them to you. Um, if you have ideas for things that you want discussed, um, please let us know, send them to Dating Kinky, or frankly, just send them directly to me, um, and I'll be happy to, to take them. I uh, read every email. Uh, but before that, I want to give a special thanks to the folks at Dating Kinky who make the show happen behind the scenes. Um, the, that includes people like Ryan, I guess, who, who is in front of the scene right now, but, um, but who is always quick with the information and links and AV help. Um, people like Bettina, who uh, I don't think anyone here has seen, who does the graphics, and Celine, who does all the RSVPs and makes sure all the emails go out. Um, so thank you to Ryan, Bettina, and Celine. And a huge thanks to Nookie Notes, who I'm really honored to call my friend. Um, not only does she help give me a platform to talk about these, frankly, some of these difficult topics, um, some of these sensitive topics, um, but she has also just been an incredibly supportive person generally and someone that I am really honored to, uh, to call a friend. So thank you all to the, getting, uh, the Dating Kinky team 
Um, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to 2022. And I just want to thank you all for your participation and, and your help in making this show happen. Um, and speaking of things to make this series happen, that is the, uh, uh, that it takes a team. Um, th that is the best segue I could think of, uh, the team, uh, topic theme to jump into our topic tonight, which is non-monogamy with, with our special, uh, guest, uh, Trinity. So, uh, welcome Trinity. Thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, I got a chance to just meet you recently. Um, through a mutual friend. Um, but why don't you tell uh, us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am an author, a kinky person, a poly person. I am all the things. Well, okay, not all the things. But um, I'm an author and an educator. That's primarily what I do in my life. Uh, I have a book named Callie's Game. We can talk about it later. But um, I've been poly for, actively poly for 25 years, I think. Um, and then uh, I've also been actively kinky for about that. Well, I've been, I was kinky before I actually came out to the community and stuff, but I've been active in communities since the mid nineties. So I live in Atlanta uh, with my husband and our cats. And there you go, that's me. <laughs> Oh, that's great. No, that, that, that gives me uh, a sense of just who you are. And, you know, as you mentioned, you're active in both the kink and the poly community, which is uh, great because um, a lot of the background that I have is really more of the, the kink, pure kink background. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that, that helping, you know, helps me understand where you're coming from and also means that we're going to speak somewhat of the same, same language. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, Let's let's start there. Let's start with defining that term. Um, I mean, we're going to start real basic, and then yeah. we'll build up from there. So, so let's define. Uh, how do you define? How do you define non-monogamy? I really like that you started with this because often when I teach, this is the first thing I do because the you know communication is so important both in kink and in non-monogamy, and the first step of effective communication is speaking the same language. So I always do this at the beginning of my talk. So it's really funny because we didn't really talk about why defining, but uh, but that I, I do that at the beginning of almost every class I teach. I define the terms I'm going to use just so that we're all on the same page. So for me, non-monogamy basically means um, any, any situation or any person, because to me, a person is monogamous. A relationship is not monogamous or poly or whatever. The person is for me because, um, you know, to me, relationships are always one-on-one, -on -one, right? You, I mean, you may have multiple relationships, but you always have a relationship with at least one other person. So the relationship itself isn't monogamous. So for me, non-monogamy is any relationship style that includes, um, romantic, emotional commitment or sexual commitment to more than one person. And romantic is not the best word to use, but it it's whatever that means for the person, right? You know, for me, romance is not the same as what romance might be for someone else. Uh, so it's, it's not an, it's not a, 
it's not the right word, but I think it's the closest one I have to that. So that's, so for me, that's the big umbrella of non-monogamy. And within that, you've kind of got that non-monogamy runs the gamut from, you know, poly, like, I don't know, like group marriage or whatever, all the way to cheating on the other end. Right. So because that's still non-monogamy, it's just not particularly ethical. So, um, so yeah. And so, and then under there's the non-ethical and then there's the ethical and there's a big umbrella for the ethical part. Yeah. I, so. I think the word, the word that I use personally to encompass, uh, you know, this issue of, you know, going even back to some of what you said, cause you used, uh, if, if I recall, you said romantic mm -hmm. commitment, emotional and sexual. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about a lot of kink, right? And, and kink doesn't necessarily fit into any of those, sure. <laughs> right? Because it's not necessarily sexual, though it can sure. be. It's not necessarily romantic, mm -hmm. although it can be. Right. It's not necessarily a commitment, necessarily past a scene, because usually people mean commitment past, like, you know, an hour. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be. Well, and I would say, well, good kink is always emotional. Like, it's, if it's if it's not, In there's no way. emotions, it's probably right. bad kink. Yeah, um, I would agree with the you. Word, but the word I use is eros, right? Which which is uh, separate from sex, because sure. uh, it kind of encompasses all of that that energy. Um, but but you mentioned a few things, and I just want to get them kind of down uh, before we before we go forward, right? So so when we think about ethical non monogamy, and that's really what we're what we're talking about here, because right? we don't mm -hmm. really want to think too hard. About, I just, I don't want to think too hard about um, the issues of of non-ethical non-monogamy right so i think about you know ethical non-monogamy would include people like swingers sure mm -hmm. they would include people in polyamorous relationships say open relationships which can encompass a whole you know series of different mm -hmm. uh, ideas right so i i mean are, are there are there other main categories of ethical non-monogamy that i might be missing I think those are the main ones. Those are the main ones I would have, I would have identified as well. Um, swingers all the way through all of those that you mentioned. Yeah. I, I, there might be others and I am completely open. If y'all, if any of y'all think of others, put it in the chat and we'll, we'll yeah. look at that. But I, but you, you touched on all the ones I would have. Okay. So, so in this series, um, you know, usually I start the, the, the topic of whatever we're going to do a deep dive on. And I'll, I'll say like, why, right? What is it that we're really afraid of? And it, it almost always comes down to, to really one thing, which is the challenge faced by kinksters to be outed, yeah. right? It's, it's, uh, you know, and, and we've got, we've talked about this so many times, but we have a lot of new people, a lot of new faces. So, you know, it's, Hey, if you're outed, you can be, uh, fired from your job. If you're outed, you can have your kids taken away from you. Mm -hmm. You can be ostracized by your family. You can be kicked out of your religious community. Um, I mean, I'm 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 talking without the sort of the gravitas, but it's like we've talked about this so many times mm -hmm. um, that I'm. It's like I'm a little, almost a little numb to it at this point. But it's like right. you know, these are serious, serious concerns. Mm -hmm. um, are this are the concerns by the non-monogamous non community, are they the same outing concerns or are they, are they different? 
I think they're, I think they're generally the same outing concerns. Yes. Um, and I think, I think in some ways, for example, I am not out to my family about being kinky or poly. My brother and sister know I'm kinky most likely because they know that I've written this book. And my aunt probably knows because she knows I've written this book, although she promised me she wouldn't read it. Um, so, but I would be more comfortable, I think, probably telling my family about the kink than I would about the poly. Because the idea of monogamy is so incredibly ingrained. We can excuse a lot of things around sexuality, you know, as a, as a society. We're not that great at it, but it's more common to be able to say, you know, okay, that's really weird. You're a freak, you know, but it's just sex, right? But when you're talking about relationships, my, my family adores my husband. They would disown me if they thought I was cheating on him, you know, even if that's not what it is. So I think that, I think that the outing, I think that's, that's just as much a concern for poly and other ethical non-monogamy type people as the kink community. And also there's so much overlap between those, you know, it like the Venn diagram is very close, right? On those um, kinky and, um, and non-monogamous folks. Yeah. Non-monogamous. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the one area where I do think it's a little different for kinksters is that, um, kink is explicitly illegal True. in most yeah. jurisdictions. So, you know, you, um, non-monogamy may be socially frowned upon and, and, you know, and I wrote some notes for myself and I thought, well, what about moral causes and contracts? Mm -hmm. You mentioned societal or f familial judgments, um, legal threats. I think legal threats in terms of divorce and custodianship are probably mm -hmm. around the same, but the, the difference is, and, and I'm, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And if people can say this in the chat is, uh, it's not uh, a felony to, to be non-monogamous where it is a felony well, to, to do, to do kink. Remember how before the show we were talking about the differences in, in regional cultures, <laughs> um, mm. there's still some places in the South where adultery is against the law. You know, so it's certainly not def. It, it is absolutely not as as problematic as the kink, certainly. But there are places where it's still illegal. Um, you're probably not going to get arrested for it. That's not going to happen. The reality of it is, you probably won't get arrested for it. But if you're talking about just like basic legalities, yeah, there's still places it's illegal. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, so, and Mark brings that up. Mark brings that up in the chat exactly. If one of the people in a non-monogamous relationship is married, it can be a crime in some states. Yeah, so I want to. I do want to keep the questions just because I can't keep up with chat while I'm. If you want to do it, that's fine. But like, I can't. Oh, I can't the question. It, I, it was just. Oh, okay. I was being validated, so I had to. Bring okay. It up. Well, I appreciate. It. <laughs> um. So so when we think about um. And we've talked about this a little bit online, and I and I saw some of the the discussion you were having with some of um, mm -hmm. some folks online about this topic. About you know what are your you know you asked or do people have thoughts on on non monogamy and privacy? It it felt like it was primarily around interpartner privacy mm -hmm. rather than privacy between 
oneself or oneself and their and their partners and the wider world is is I don't I don't know if you if you got that same impression. Um, I think well I I don't think that there were enough people commenting on that to kind of make the assessment that that's more important. Um, but I definitely I think that the societal impact, the societal the fear of societal outing, that's just a constant. That's all the time, right? It's always there. There's always the chance that something might happen, you know, somebody, the wrong person might see you out with a partner and then it becomes a big drama and can lead to lots of stressors. That's always there. I think I do. Um, one thing I have noticed within the poly community in recent years is the, at least, and this is again, my observation, other people, because, because you, because we're not all a great big hive mind, right? It's not one big community it's a lot of it's hundreds maybe thousands of individual communities so this is from my you know what i've seen is that there's a lot of talk around um you know partners privacy like you and and what it seems to what i see pretty often is you should never talk to your partners about your other partners about your relationship with your other partners and I think like so many things, there's a balance to that. Um, certainly everyone's entitled to privacy. At the same time though, we're also all entitled to our own experiences and the stories of our own experiences. So there's a, there's a line, there are a, there's a, there's a rope, a, a tightrope to walk between those two things. Um, and there, there are situations in, when, in which it's really important to talk about, um, you know, other partners or, um, or other relationships, because if they're going to affect your relationship with your partner, if they're, if, like, if my relationship with one of my partners is going to affect my husband, my relationship with my husband, I need to talk to my husband about that. I also need to talk to the other partner about that. So, so there's, so it, it can't just be, at least in my experience and in my life, I can't just completely compartmentalize every single relationship so that no edges are ever touching. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. And it makes me think about your safety profile or um, risk. Yeah. My risk. One of the, yeah, your I mean your risk profile, your safety profile, your I mean you know depending on your background you'll call it something else, right? If you're if you're a security person you'll call it your threat analysis model, and and you know it, it it also makes me think about um, something that we've covered on on this series is the idea of compartmentalization, and um, the value of of compartmentalization in in handling your privacy right and what i mean by that for for folks who who haven't heard previous shows is um you know separating out your kink life from your vanilla life mm -hmm. uh using a different email address using a different phone number you know those kind of things and and, and we get into we, we go from very basics like use a different email address to very advanced topics and, we, and we've covered we've covered a, a great deal of them um, and I just imagine that being, and I, like I've done one poly relationship, um, and uh, so, which is so I'm treating this as if I've done none, uh, but my it's because my experience was so limited. Um, 
I just imagine that that being a lot more challenging for someone who's who's doing ethical non-monogamy, because as you mentioned, the 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 safety model involves activity from another party. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, and and you know this is the obvious one. I'm giving you the obvious one so that you can so you can go. Of course, Veer's going to talk about the 101s. <laughs> But the, you know, if, if one of your partners is now fluid bonded with someone else, mm-hmm. a, a new, you know, if your partner is fluid bonded with a new partner, that obviously changes. And, and, you know, and we don't, and you don't have the new partner's STD panel that obviously could impact you and could impact your partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's, you know, in some ways, the 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 obvious one, right? There's other there's other potential. Um, I don't like the word threats. So there's other potential risks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, risks that might include, for example, um, you know, maybe a new partner starts to take a lot of photos and post mm-hmm. those photos of themselves and your partner on their partner, you know, their new partner, your partner on social media. And what does that mean or changes their relationship status on social media? And I, and by, and by social media, I mean, vanilla social media, right? Where, you know, I'm thinking about someplace like a Facebook, right? Where they say, oh, I'm dating, you know, so-and-so and, and, or, or here's so-and-so, you know, and we're on a, you know, we're on a romantic vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, I can imagine just something as innocuous as that. Um, being an issue, but but also, um, you know, maybe more maybe more uh, emotional topics. Yeah, uh, maybe you can share some of your experiences. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things. I want to go back uh, quickly to the um, sexual risk assessment uh, thing first, because that is the first thing that people think about uh, when it comes to all right. Well, what kind of information should I be sharing? And for me the first thing I talk about, not necessarily the first thing I talk about with a new potential partner, you know, it's not like I'm not going to talk about it on the first date necessarily, although maybe sometimes anyway. Um, but one of the things I talk about very early on when I come to the idea that, uh, that I want, that I think that this could be something a little more longer term, not necessarily lifetime or anything like that. But, uh, one of the things I talk about is, how I assess risk. And I ask them how they assess risk. If I don't already know, you know, cause there's some people, you know, my, my current local relationships, um, I've known them both for a very long time. So that, that was stuff that we kind of didn't have to touch on as in depth as with someone newer, but I talk about like what my risk assessments are and what I, what expectations I have. I don't expect to have to see a metamors std or sti screenings that's personal i do expect my partner to tell me if if they've been exposed or if their partner's been exposed their other partner's been exposed i expect them to tell me that um because that's just to me responsible behavior you know if i and it's the same with something like covid you don't even have to talk about the sexual side of it you can talk about it you know, like COVID, one of my partners and I um, couldn't see each other hardly at all during the lockdown because he's in a, he's in a, he was an essential worker. And so he was at work every day 
and I was the primary contact point for elderly parents and parent and 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 a parent who is very very high risk so I was like basically shut in because I didn't want to you know mess that up so it's not just about STIs and things it's about everything so um so moving on from that there's there are things beyond that that are important and and I like I I, I like that you brought up you know someone posting on on social media um because that can be hard that can be really hard I don't I don't generally post a lot of photos of myself with partners but I'm not a photo taker I'm not a big photo taker anyway um and I I've never I I haven't knock on wood I haven't had any big issues with people posting stuff except for one and what ended up happening it was the tail end of the relationship anyway well my partner's relationship with them and I just I I ended up just blocking them because I just couldn't we weren't friends with each other or anything but I just couldn't handle seeing it it was and and that was a self-care thing I had to block them because I just I was not in a frame of mind where I could handle it and I think so much of that also has to do it's so it's so context specific because it depends on you and it depends on how the other relationships are going as well you know as to what you can handle and can't handle there are also situations all right so there was a there was something that happened with um a partner so i have a partner who has um a couple other partners and one predated me and one postdated me. And I know them both. I'm good friends with the earlier one and I'm becoming friends with the later one. And I think she's awesome. But my partner, I didn't like, I don't know anything about what's going on. And, and my partner said at one weekend was like, I intend to call her my other partner this weekend. And I was like, well, that's unexpected. <laughs> and he's like, well, I thought, you know, with as long as we've been going out and, you know, the, the way the relationship has progressed. And I'm like, I don't know how the relationships progressed. You haven't shared that with me. And it really wasn't about the coloring at all. It's it, it that had nothing to do with it. I am fine with that. It was that there was no time for us to talk about how that change in their relationship might affect our relationship, which is something that for me, I needed to talk about. That was a thing, a conversation we needed to have. And it ended up being really a really difficult weekend. Uh, he did not end up collaring her that weekend. Um, you know, and, and we talked, we talked at great length. Um, and I believe they talked at great length and she and I have talked and everything. Um, and we ended up sorting it out. And here's the thing that was important. And this is what is most important, I think, within ethical non-monogamy when it comes to um, sorting through these difficult things is that we all listened to each other and we all took that on, right? He wasn't, he wasn't communicating with me how their relationship was moving in that direction at all you know and and whether that was just brain fart or whether that was just him assuming that i knew 
or whether it was a privacy thing. That was a thing I needed to know. I didn't need, I don't need to know how often they're having sex or anything like that. But I need to know if they're going in that direction so that I am prepared for that. Um, and we ultimately worked all that out, which was a huge testament to how I think dedicated we each are to making everything work. And, you know, the coloring is happening this weekend. So that's very exciting. So shout out to them. Awesome. Go. <laughs> Congratulations. Woo! So I'm super excited for them. Uh, because we were able to sort through it. And that can be, and, and I, I mentioned that as an example of a situation where you, if you, if, if he had refused to even tell me about anything about their relationship, and then all of a sudden on, you know, social media, it was collared, you know, so-and-so is collared to so-and-so, that would have been the end. It would have, that would have been it. It would have been over because that's not a thing that I'm okay with being sideswiped with. And so um, so it's really important to have some kind of understanding of how relationships work and what is necessary to create and maintain trust in a relationship. I hope that makes sense. That, that makes a ton of sense. And I have, I have so many thoughts and places we could, I want to take this. Um, I don't think we have time for all of, the, all of that, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, my my first thought was that emotional safety is an important topic, and it's it's one that I've I've touched on, but mm -hmm. I really feel is often overlooked. Um, and it's, and again, I'm usually talking about the perspective of how do we prevent or handle outing, right? And and, and then I, I I don't think we we talk enough about hey, you know what are your emotional needs if you've been outed? But here you are actually coming coming out with, you know, sort of the inverse, right? The opposite, which is, hey, hey, I need more, I need more uh, openness, transparency, mm -hmm. right? I need more communication. And, and that also speaks to, frankly, the, the type of non-monogamy that you engage in, right? Uh, it, you know, it's sort of this trope of non-monogamy means lots of communication, but, but just as important as the, you know, as the volume of communication is, the content, right? Do yeah. you, you, you don't want to know, you know, you're, you, you actually said, well, you know, I don't really want to know how often they're having sex. I doubt you want to know what positions they were in. Right. And but you, you know, do the thing want... is, I don't care either way. Like uh -huh. I can know or not know. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I don't care. But you, but you do care about the, their, that, that yeah. partner's emotional connection and their time commitment and their emotional commitment to other people. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that is important. I mean, and I, I was also thinking while you were talking that, you know, so much of the way we talk about these issues, um, you know, or the way I've at least heard them discussed in the non-monogamy resources that I've, that I've read is, you know, it's usually emotional and sexual. And then I think about BDSM and BDSM is in this weird place because it's, it's not always... It's all the things Sex. and none of the things. None of the things, right, the right. Time, it's Schrodinger's kink. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, is it is it sexual if I'm tying someone up? Is it sexual mm -hmm. if I'm spanking them and there's no, you know, and I'm, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here that there's no genital contact, right? That, you know, but is it sexual? I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a hypno kinkster. Um, for me, putting someone in a trance 
that you know someone in a sexual or in, in a kink setting having a scene with someone that involves hypnosis that's sexual um you know our clothes can be on but it's it it has that same you know that mm -hmm. same rev of my engine and so you know i think what you're what you're talking about here when you're talking about this this coloring is is directly tied into that it's it's the connection of of emotions and eros and communication and and how much you share and how you share that that makes it such a so tricky right because mm -hmm. uh because as you as we started off with you can't just tell the world right all right and, um and so yeah sorry let me, oh, let me was, let you respond i was just gonna say um that it's and i have very clear boundaries in my head around what is my business and what is not my business right um if it affects me and my relationship that's a need to know you know if it has the potential to affect the level of emotional connection that my partners have with their other partners is not my business you know because i'm i'm one of those people who believes that we have infinite capacity to love people i you know the people i love in my life i have different kinds of relationships and different people i love but i can look at a friend of mine and, and be like oh my god i love them so much you know so like i i believe that the connections we make are the legacy we leave in the world and so i never want my partners to not make the emotional connections they want to make the thing that i am concerned about and it's completely selfish in not in the bad way because there's selfish the idea of being selfish gets a bad rap because it's like anything else you need to be selfish sometimes so the selfish part is i want to know how that's going to affect me if you don't have the time energy and the effort for you know the number of relationships you have and this is and this is part of uh, the conversation that my partner and i had is that okay you're gonna have two collared girls two collared slave well not slaves necessarily but you have two collared relationships so if you don't have the time effort and energy for three guess who's gonna be the one stepping back right because it's really and and it's okay that that's a potential i'm okay with that as being all right, that's how it might end up impacting my relationship. I'm okay with that as long as I understand that. Does that make sense? I keep asking if it makes sense because sometimes things make sense in my head, but they do not survive the the trip out my mouth. <laughs> it, 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 it makes sense. It makes me think about um, a, a topic that we don't often discuss. We don't often discuss, which is um, allies, you know, the, the, the role of allies and, um, obviously in, in a non-monogamous, uh, relationship, you know, your allies are your other, your other partners. Um, but what other allies do you have? Who are the people that you're, that you're able to, you, you mentioned people that you can't be out with, right? You can't yeah. be out with your family. You can't be out with, you know, this person, but you know, and I'm, and I'm not necessarily asking you to name, name, name the people that know who we, you <laughs> well, know, your let, me, let, me look at, let me look at who's in the chat. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, 
when we think about that, who are who are you? Who and what what are your categories of allies in your life regarding your non-monogamy? Um, I actually I have the lucky I have the lucky circumstance that the majority of my friends in real life are kinky and or poly people. Um, so there I, I have I have like I have little pods of friends. I have my kinky friends and I have my writer friends and there's some overlap there. And you know, and I've got poly friends and there's a little bit of overlap there. So um, but pretty much even among my non-kinky, non-poly people, I could probably come out to most of them and it would be okay. But I do have certain specific people in my life that are what I would consider like confidants. For example, when the whole, <laughs> when that weekend with the texting about the collaring, as soon as I got that text from my partner, I was like, oh, yeah, this is not. Mm. So I, I messaged one of my closest friends and we share a brain. And I was like, do you have a few minutes to be on the phone with me? And she was like, yes. And so we get on the phone and she was on the phone with me through the almost the whole texting conversation because I needed somebody to check my brain, right? Because like, I would be like, and she'd be like, okay, backspace over that last sentence because that's not going to be useful at all. Um, so I think that, um, I think that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm glancing at the chat, Trinity's pods. Um, so I think that, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I got completely. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I got completely this is, that's actually why I, that's why I literally just turn, I, I just close, I just minimize the window. So I, so I don't get, because otherwise I, I would spend the entire time just reading the chat. Uh, so, so let's talk about, so you mentioned, so we talked about allies. Uh, we've, 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 we've talked about threats, right? Or, 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 you know, private, you know, sort of the people that we can't be out to. We talked about people you can be, um, you can be out mm -hmm. to, and those are your, I guess, your family of choice, and, I, and by that I mean your partners, yeah. your friends. Yeah. Um, and then there's this this group in the middle, right? These these neutral these neutral parties that um, you know can can be allies or can be threats, uh, but that we have to that we have to deal with. Um, and so I'm specifically thinking about in the kink community, you know, we we often talk about the role of doctors, right? So, yeah. you know, so, someone comes in to the doctor's office with bruises all over them or, you know, you know, rope yeah. burn or, you know, burns period. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they need to be out with their doctor. Um, you know, is that, is that an issue with, with, uh, I mean, obviously the STD issue, but yeah. are there other things like emergency contact? I'm also thinking about frankly, about lawyers, you know, um, mm -hmm. both of us are uh, above 40. Um, and that's the time when we, you know, we start thinking about, oh, wait, what happens when we're gone one day? Yeah, well, so is that a, is that a conversation? Is, you know, is, is, is Polly a conversation you've had with, with your lawyer? Um, I don't currently have a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but um, I do have, I, I did, I, I want to, we'll come back to the lawyer, but I want to go back to the doctor. I think it's important to communicate with at least one of your regular medical professionals um, about being poly, because especially, especially if you're married, especially if you're a woman, 
Because if you go in there and say, hey, I want a full STD panel, including HSV uh, testing and stuff, they're going to be like, yeah, but you're married. And then you have to go through like a difficult conversation. Do you think you're do you think your spouse is cheating on you or, you know, are you cheating on your spouse? And it, for me, there are two of my doctors, my GP and my gynecologist both know that I'm poly because they are the ones I am most likely to, you know, engage in getting my STD tests through. Um, and then that way, because they already know it, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. Um, now I'm also in a, in a situation that not all poly people are because I have a husband and a nesting partner and he's always my emergency contact. You know, there are people who, uh, practice relationship anarchy and solo poly and things like that who do not have a nesting partner or whatever. And so that, that may be, I, I don't think it would be a big deal though, as far as emergency contacts, because everybody puts all kinds of emergency contacts, you know, like anybody, as a matter of fact, my, if you look in my phone under in case of emergency, it's my husband and my brother. So, um, so yeah, so I think it depends on that and coming to the lawyer's yeah, I, I hadn't even really thought about like estate planning and stuff like that and, and wills and things like I hadn't thought about it in, in relation to this particular um, interview. But yes, that's absolutely a good one. But I think that any time you're involved in any legal issue that could where where a, a particular view of your moral code could affect your case, you should tell your lawyer. Um, and that obviously obvious ones would be divorce or child custody or whatever could also be employment disputes could be almost anything, anything where, where somebody could drag out you being poly or being non-monogamous as a way to say that you're a bad person. Anytime that's the case, I think you should let your, let your, um, your attorney know. I mean, the hard part about that is, um, that unfortunately by by disclosing and i don't want to get too deep into the lawyer home and i at the lawyer hole and i am not a lawyer right so I'm this not is either. not legal this is not legal advice <laughs> um but you know the most common issue for kingsters is is child custody and mm -hmm. um so you know certainly discuss with your attorney um and but you know realize that um that you know they may or may not want you to disclose for for various reasons. So that's a, that's certainly a complexity. Um, and, and I guess the last thing I've been thinking about as, as you've been talking is, um, you know, you've got this well-defined, I mean, you, you said right at the beginning, you've been doing this for 25 years. Um, and so I'm thinking about, okay, so, you know, you've, you're, you've been doing this for a long time. You've got a partner, you know, and this partner has got a partner. So this is your, your metamor and this metamors, uh, this metamor may have a different privacy mm -hmm. model in, in their mind um, and, a and a different, possibly a whole different set of concerns from you. Um, and so, you know, and I realized that, that you, and you would define this right in the beginning. You said, Hey, my relationship is with is one-on-one. -on -one. All these relationships are one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. but, but it, it's not that simple when it comes to things, you know, and we've talked no. about, for example, social media. So, so, do you have any thoughts on metamor, you know, and handling metamor privacy mm -hmm. or, or their, or their model? 
Um, I, I absolutely. Okay. So for me, the, the responsibility for keeping privacy is on the partner, right? So it's my, it's my responsibility um, to respect the privacy of all my partners. So like me as a metamor, I can't know necessarily what my metamors privacy issues are. Um, I'm, I'm of the mind. There are a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of poly people who absolutely must talk to their metamors. They must meet them and stuff. It's another one of those things I don't care about. Like it's, it's fine. If somebody wants to meet me and talk to me, I'm all for it. If they don't, I'm all for that too. It's whatever. Um, I'm in a lucky position uh, in that I know all of my metamors, at least we've met. Um, and there are, and, and I like, I like all of them, which is awesome because that's not always the case. Um, and so I think that where each person, it, 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 it's the partner that has to figure out how those work together. And so like, I have my, you know, like, I don't mind if my partners talk about me to their partners. Now, I don't want them telling my personal kinks or the things that are, you know, really personal to me, you know. Um, but I don't, you know, if they want to talk about us going to the club and, you know, seeing the people and having these cool things happening, that's fine. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, and But then my metamor has maybe a different thing. Maybe they, they don't want any of that kind of thing to be discussed. Well, that's on the partner and the partner needs to talk to me about their other partner's limits and needs to talk to their other partner about my limits. And if we can all get together and talk about it, that's fine too. Um, but I don't, but it, it, that, that is definitely a thing that you can't just have like a blanket this is how this happens because it's so, it's so personal. It's such a personal thing. Um, I do think that, I do think that everyone has the responsibility to do their own work, to understand their own privacy concerns, right? For me, the things that I don't want to share, I don't want shared with metamors aren't the things I'm doing and stuff like that. It's the things that make me feel vulnerable because I'm an S-type, but I'm a very strong-willed S-type, <laughs> let's just say. Um, and so the part of me that is very vulnerable in DS, in S&M, in any kind of kink stuff, that's the stuff that I share with my partners. It's intimate. So for some people, that's sex. Sex is very intimate for them. For me, sex is not as intimate as maybe an S&M scene um, because I'm not a masochist. So when I get the hell beat out of me, there's a huge vulnerability for me there because it's just not my happy place. <laughs> So, um, so I think that, I think that what is okay to share among partners has to be decided by the individual person communicated to the partner 
and then in some way communicated that partner needs to communicate if necessary what those kind of boundaries are i feel like that i feel like i talked around that and was not as clear i mean i think i think we can summarize it with saying there is no clear answer mm -hmm. uh communication is key but i also think that you you set up a framework maybe even without explicitly doing so in saying you know, respecting the boundaries of other people is important at the same time, sticking to that key concept of my relationship is one-on-one. -on -one. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, you don't necessarily have a relationship with, with your partner and every partner they have and every partner they have, right? right? You, your boundaries I mean, you are... That yeah. can happen, but those are but also don't. individual one-on-one. -on -one. I'm right. friends with, like, I get together... Like uh, one of my partners, um, his wife slash slave, we get together for coffee. We, I mean, we we're we're friends. We've we've been friends for a long, long time. So I do I do connect with them. It's not what I'm saying is it's not a requirement for me to connect with a metamor. Um, I'm happy to do it. And and the the coloring that's happening this weekend, that metamor, I've met and interacted with her a number of times and she's fantastic i adore her like if this doesn't work out with the partner i hope that we're still friends because i still want to be her friend i mean like works out in whatever way so um so yeah so i don't need that because but it's it, i think it's really important to separate out the relationships because i have a a committed intimate connected relationship with my partner but i also currently at least have friendships of varying depths with all of my metamors. Um, but those right. are also I, 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 I mean, you're talking about connection and I'm, ju I'm just thinking about this in terms of maybe, maybe privacy is a subset of boundary setting. I think and, so. And, and so well, in this context, it is yes. right because yes. uh, you know there are other contexts in which it's it's different, but in in mm -hmm. this case, it's a boundary setting thing, and and I think what I'm 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 trying to synthesize from what you said, sort of something we can you know, like a short summary. And my, and my the short summary I'm getting is everybody's relationship style is different, or everyone's and everyone's style of of connection is different, and yours is is point to point. And yes, you may have connections with and friendships with your metamors, but they're not dictating your behavior. Yeah, right. They, yeah, they wouldn't dictate my behavior. Like, just like I shouldn't dictate their behavior. Um, and certainly there are other relationship styles that are different because say you've got a, you've got a, a dominant that has multiple submissives and maybe they all live together. Or maybe you've got a you know two couples who are you know a quad and they're either living together or you know right by each other or whatever and it's all it's always going to be different but I think what it what all of it comes down to is each person setting their individual boundary communicating that effectively which is always 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 the first tripping point. Like if something's going to go wrong, it's almost always going to be because of communication, ineffective communication. Um, so 
setting boundaries, communicating those, and the and then hearing and taking in and respecting other people doing the same thing. Um, and also one of the things I, I want to toss out here in relation to this is remembering that you're on the same team. There's a lot of monogamy programming in all of us because this is the culture we've come up in. And a part of the monogamy programming is that partners, you know, aren't always in sync, right? And therefore there's animosity. And that's not how I view my relationships. I view my relationships like it's you and me against the world and we're going to get creamed, but it'll be fine, right? Um, and so when these problems come up, you know, one of the things that I've gotten into the habit of doing, particularly in the last few years, because trust me, it's taken a lot of hard mistakes <laughs> to get to where I am now. And this may not be the right place. Maybe there's a better place in the future and I'm going to make mistakes to get there. But um, but the thing that that is really important to me is that we're on the same team. So I try to I try to allow grace for my partners and my metamors and hope that they allow me the same grace. And one of the things, what I was just going to say is one of the things that I've taken to doing when some somebody says something, and I do this like across the board, I try to do this across the board. I'm not always, I don't always succeed, but especially within my relationships is when somebody says something, I'll be like, all right, this is how this is coming across to me. Is this what you mean? And often it's not what they meant. And in whether that's how they're saying it or how I'm taking it, it, that doesn't matter. Who Whose fault it is doesn't fucking matter. If we want this to work, we've, we've got to work together to figure it out. And I think that is one of the most important things in any kind of relationship, period. Sure. So thank so, you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> so... Um, I, you know, I kind of want to start wrapping up. Um, it, as you mentioned early on, you know, there's this huge overlap in the Venn diagram between the non-monogamous communities, and I'm and I'm making that plural, and the kink community, um, mm -hmm. which could be either singular or plural, mm -hmm. um, depending on how you define that. Um, I, I want to sort of stick to privacy, right? Because we can go into these places of emotion and communication and, and all that stuff. But really, this is a, a so, so, you know, just to sort of keep us on this topic to sticking to, to privacy, um, are there lessons about interpersonal privacy and communication that you think that's but specifically around privacy that, that you think that we in the kink community could be learning more from the, the, the non-monogamous communities? I actually think that they're both kind of on par. I think that a lot of the communication and uh, around privacy and stuff, I think, I think at least in the past, the kink community was much better about privacy than maybe the non-monogamy community was. And... Okay, let me rephrase. The kink community is way more rationally paranoid about it um, in the past. Like outing used to be the absolute, like you would not out anybody for any reason at all, except maybe 
like actual violent crime or, you know, something with underage people or something like that, then you would out somebody and turn them in. But like, if you got pissed off at somebody, you wouldn't out them to their work. You wouldn't, you know, call their family. You wouldn't send pictures. And I've heard of, I've heard of all of those things happening in the last 10 years or so in the King community. So prior to more recently in the King community, outing, I think the kink community was better about privacy in general. Um, but I don't know. There's so much overlap and it's so similar. It's really hard to decide. I think, but, but I think that, I think the skills are the same on both sides. Mm-hmm. What's really funny is my family does not know I'm Polly. They know the names of all of my partners though. I talk about my partners to my family. Mm-hmm. They just don't know they're my partners. Sure. They're just, they're, they're just close people in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we, as we wrap up, and, and we'll do a little thing before we, before we do the Q&A and before I, I hand it over to, to uh, Ryan. But, um, and before you plug, because I will give you plenty of opportunity, is there anything else that, that maybe we haven't covered on this topic and you really want to make sure that we, that we discuss? Um. I don't think so. I think I think I'd like to leave time for questions. Okay, so I'm going to skip a little bit. Yeah, I'm okay. going to skip in the in, in the uh, the slides to uh, to give you a chance to plug before we before we uh, do our break with dating kinky and then we have time for questions. So um, but, so it says questions, but uh, I just want to make sure that you have a chance to plug uh, some of the things that you want to you want to do before before we do questions, and we'll and we'll plug again after. Okay, so I'm plugging right now. You, you can plug, and then we'll and, and then and then we'll have and then we'll have questions, and then you can plug again. Excellent. I like plugging. <laughs> that sounds so bad. I don't even know what that would be, y'all. Um, so this is my book, Callie's Game. Uh, you can find it on mostly on Amazon. It's in Kindle Unlimited. If you like, uh, if you like eBooks, there's also a second. Uh, there's a short story that goes right after it, and um, it is called Are You Willing? This book, if you like rope, there's rope in this book. There, The thing about these books also is it, they're very heavy on consent. I I tackle consent in these. So um, so anyway, so yeah, that's really all I got to plug. And I'm Writer Girl on FET. If y'all want to follow me, please feel free. Reach out, say hi, that kind of thing. Okay, that was really it. I'm not that good at that. Okay. Um- <laughs> Uh, so okay, so with that, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a break. A, a word from our amazing sponsor, uh, where Ryan will talk about uh, all the awesome upcoming events, and uh, also why you should be a member of Dating Kinky Plus. And then we'll have Q and A. And then I will also be doing some plugs for the upcoming shows in this series. So take it away, Ryan. Hi everyone. Uh... So uh, thanks to Veer and Trendy for a wonderful uh, featured presentation conversation. Like I said, uh, like they said, they'll be doing some answering any of your questions uh, as we uh, wind down this episode. And then we'll have, um, it's just after nine on the East Coast, we'll have another show coming up at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time. So uh, do stick around if you like. So um, as I said at the top, uh, I'm Ryan, aka Castaway. I'm the producer slash Guy Friday here at uh, Dating Kinky. And um, this show, Keeping Secrets, is one of, I think, 
<clears throat> at the current time, between like nine and 14 episodes, we're doing uh, every month as like monthly recurring shows. And uh, we're, you know, we're you know, pleased to be providing this level of um, caliber of education on uh, any number of topics. Uh, this one being a uh, online kink privacy series, actually. And in fact, this one we're making um, free to watch on demand, you know, like the entire series, just because we think it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like kind of crucial, you know, nuts and bolts information that everyone should arm themselves with if they're so inclined. So, uh, but we, yeah, as I said, we do record all of these. We put them in a uh, an on-demand library, and then this uh, becomes a featured benefit of uh, one of you know of what we like to call the presenting sponsor of this uh, these episodes, which is our um, our site's plus membership. So as I said, uh, I'm a producer slash Guy Friday at Dating Kinky, which is a kinky dating and sex slash kink education website. So uh, on the dating side of the site, um, you know we have just uh, had our new dating app approved by Apple and Google. So we're super excited about that. It's been up in the stores for about a month, very much still the kind of the 1.0 version. We're still uh, finding some bugs as we test across all of the operating systems and devices, but uh, you know, please do feel, and I'll throw a link in um, in a minute, but do feel free to check it out. If you know, perhaps you are not polysaturated, you know, or uh, looking to make more connections and things like that, uh, we hope that you will uh, consider it. Uh, and we do have some amazing new features uh, currently being worked on that we'll be uh, introducing, um, you know, uh, hopefully starting early next year. So, and then as I said, we're also the uh, we also provide a uh, emporium of uh, kink success education that includes all of the on-demand recordings that I previously mentioned. I think we're over about 300, we're over 350 episodes in there now on various topics, you know, like the series tonight. We have, uh, a, and, you know, speaking of uh, the particular topic now, we have a non-monogamy series. We call it the Non-Monogamunch. If Trinity uh, presents, we might be, you know, getting back in touch with her. She has another topic she'd like to share. Um, and then we, ha- we, we, we have a series on uh, called Femdom Friday. We have a submission series. We have one for switches. We have one for authors. Another uh, li- a light bulb for Trinity. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, I will. I, 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 I have your Fed handle. I'll be in touch. Um, so uh, let's see. We have uh, one, a series on communication, boundaries and consent, people of color and our allies, all, all kinds of series. So, and, and, and also one-off episodes. So that, those, those are all available in our uh, library. Uh, our fearless founder of our site, uh, uh, Ms. Nookie, who's been uh, a kingster for 30 and an educator for about half the time, she has written eight or nine books that are in, in our library, uh, books on... FLR and communication and orgasms and anal play and cuckolding and she's working on one on boundaries and consent right now. So, um, you know, so we have a you know very you know kind of full library you know for anyone who wants to kind of uh, you know consume and and educate and then make themselves you know make perhaps a brighter and shinier kinkster for when they uh, are out and about or you know on uh, checking out our dating site. So, uh, you know, and then the um, so I think I just got the graphic up. So it's um, to if you are interested in signing up, and I, I should uh, I should add, you can like sign up for a dating account, like you know, like for free, you know. But but you know, we you know there will be extra features on the dating side and the library that I just mentioned. So uh, it's nine ninety nine a month. Although if you um, do sign up in bulk, you'll get some extra savings, particularly forty percent off for a year 
uh, sign up. And I put the link in chat just so it's more easily accessible if anyone wants to check it out. Uh, if you uh, are so inclined to do that, we would really appreciate uh, you know, you know, people, you know, obviously we're, we're dependent on people uh, wanting to support their kink. Um, but if, uh, if that's not going to be you at the present time for either budgetary or other reasons, um, it's not a problem. Just uh, if you're enjoying shows like tonight's, uh, please do keep coming back, you know, or, uh, you know, tag us on, if you're on Fat Life, tag us, you know, had a great time at uh, Keeping Secrets with Fear and Writer Girl or invite a friend next time, you know, because, uh, you know, it's word of mouth is going to be very uh, important to us to continue to bring you all this amazing content and grow our, um, you know, visitor and, and user base. And, you know, who knows that person you might invite might end up being the, uh, play partner or boopsie as Nokia likes to say of, of someone else's dreams. So, you know, we, and we're not going to be, you know, our, we're not going to be pervasive with, with like advertising and things like that. It's going to be very opt-in. So word of mouth is going to be very important for us to continue to grow. So uh, please do uh, feel free and, um, you know, give us a signal boost if you're enjoying what you're seeing. So, um, you know, with that, I'm going to um, throw it back to Veer and uh, Trinity and you, if you have any questions, I think I, I saw, Oh, and we just got a second one coming in. So um, we'll start to uh, tackle some questions now. Um, one sec, I'm just getting back to my Word doc. <clears throat> and I'll have some uh, pr promos coming up at the end. Um, okay, uh, Rob had a question. Um, How do you handle metamors outing you to people the metamor is fine being out to? So I guess kind of like asymmetrical outing, where it's not like a mutually assured just destruction situation i think that depends a lot on the situation like who they've outed you to because one of the things that can happen i found in the kink community is that everybody thinks everybody knows everything and so somebody might say something not realizing other people don't know that thing um and it's so like that's a really hard question to answer because so much of it is dependent on what that situation is. Now, if they're outing to um, to vanilla people who maybe know both of you or all of you or whatever, that can be a big problem. What that requires is a, con a couple conversations for sure. Um, if you are friendly with your metamor, then absolutely let them know. Because it's all, you know, one of the ways I approach things like this is... I go with the assumption that they weren't trying to hurt me, you know? And so if you're friendly with the metamor, talk to them and say, look, I need to be, I, I, I need to be more circumspect. I need to not, I don't want this out there in the greater world. So let's figure out how we can keep that from happening. Um, if you're not, if you don't connect with your metamor, then you have to talk to your partner and you have to rely on your partner talking to your metamor Or talk to your partner and say, hey, would your metamor be up for a conversation? Or would your, would your other partner be up for a conversation? Um, so that's like, that would be, that's like, to me, like the kind of baseline for that answer for that. Because without having more detail about who the outing was to and, and what the circumstances around it were, it's hard to, it's hard to give anything more, you know, uh, specific than that. But thank you. That's a good question. It's hard. Like all of this can be hard. So 
I, I or, have a slightly or, or, different take or case uh, on case. this. Go ahead, Vir. I, I have a slightly different take on this, which is, you know, and, and it might be that it's a different scenario than Rob was um, necessarily uh, suggesting. But, you know, when I think about a non-mutually assured destruction outing scenario, I imagine, you know, you have someone who's disgruntled for whatever reason and, and wants to out the partner or partners um, simply to hurt them, right? Um, and so you may not know who that who that partner is, right? They might be a former partner, um, and uh, you know they may have you know laid in wait. Um, so you know having having a sit down and saying like, well, this wasn't okay, you know, might not be might not be possible. No, that's true. <laughs> and that's true. Um, and in that and in that case, you know, really, what uh, the approach that I would take is really. Um, and it's going back to one of our, my first episodes of this series, which was um, having that plan, that emotional that part of your of your safety plan is, well, what happens um, if if everything comes out? And, and I'm not saying that everything would come out, but having that plan, which includes the emotional component, which is why I talk about having allies and identifying allies and the value of identifying allies, because let's imagine that you know this that this disgruntled person and whatever their role is decides that they're going to out you out you to your boss um and you know your boss says i don't want any part of this you're fired um you know you need to have that that fiscal plan so that financial plan mm -hmm. of okay um you know i'm not going to be homeless um but also understanding that you're going to feel very vulnerable you know, outing is a, it makes you feel very vulnerable, very lonely, very isolated, and you want to have a plan in place before that happens so that you're not thinking about it. You're not going, well, what do I do on top of all the other trauma that you're dealing with? You're going to say, wait a second, I made a plan, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to tear that envelope, whether that's a proverbial envelope or a file on your computer, or you're going to have a person in your life and you're going to say, I made this plan. I need you to execute it for me. Right. And, and you can make that a kink thing or a friend thing or a partner thing and whatever framework you want to put around it, that's going to be the important part. So it's having that, that action plan that you've got ready to execute before you need to. And then, and then simply you writing it through. Um, and then once you have that emotional and, and mental energy, then you can go ahead and tackle it. So, so that would be my take, which is a little, a little different. No, I think that's, I think that's an excellent plan. And I think anytime you're involved in, in things, actions or communities or whatever that are outside of the understood norm, that is an excellent plan to have in place. You have to be thinking about what happens if you get outed. You have to, if you're not thinking about that, you're not, you're not being realistic. Because, you know, in so many ways, in so, in so many ways, you can be outed even inadvertently. So you want to hear a funny story? I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway. So just don't even bother answering. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. We, we... So my, my, so my mom knows that I have books that I've written that I don't want her to read. She doesn't know the name. She doesn't know the title. She doesn't know anything like that. So we were at Thanksgiving. It was me, my mom, my stepdad, my brother, my sister, their families, 
and the cross the street neighbor and her husband. And I had just met the husband. This was the first time I'd met the husband. I knew the wife. I first time I'd met the husband. So we're all sitting there. We'd eaten and everything. We were having pie, whatever we were doing. And they're talking about my books. And so we're talking about my books under my legal name, which are urban fantasy and stuff like that. And then my mom says, oh, yeah. And she writes kinky books that she won't let me read. And I was just like, mom, come on now. So, you know, she inadvertently outed me. And, and that's actually something we've covered also on this series, because I just know we have a lot of people who, who you know, this is their first this is their first show. And it's it's that an unfortunate reality is that it's often the vanilla people in your life who you've told that out you. Yeah, that's true. That they're that they're not as aware of this of the severity, the gravitas of yeah. being outed, and they often do it in the in the context of either you know either as a quote unquote joke, or they've had a they've had a couple of drinks and it's on their mind and they let it slip. Yeah. Um. But that becomes uh, an important thing, and you know we've talked about this and we'll talk about it again, I'm sure. Which is when you when you do talk to uh, vanilla people in your life. Uh, you need to explain to them just how sensitive this is and mm -hmm. how making a joke or talking about it with another person is not okay. And if, yeah. and if you think, and if you think to yourself, I don't think they're going to be able to not tell someone, then you need to say, okay, well then I'm, I cannot share that piece of information with them. Yes. But anyway, let's move on to the next. Uh, I want to make just yeah? a quick, I just want to make a quick comment on that. I think that that's a thing. I think anytime you tell someone who is not part of this sort of greater community, for lack of a better word, who isn't involved, you need to assume that they will out you at some point. They probably won't. They may or may not. Who knows? But you need to go under the assumption that as soon as you've told this person, just like the whole idea of, you know, once you put it on the Internet, you lose control of it. It's the same thing. Once you put it in someone else's head who does not have the same understanding of it that you do, you've lost control of it. So it's a thing to, just to keep in mind. <laughs> Cryptid asked, what's the best recovery from that situation? The one about my mom was, that's basically, that's, my mom was actually across the room, but I would have kicked her under the table. But that was basically my response. I was like, mom. And of course, everybody laughed. So, and my brother and sister especially laughed because they know it's true. So, okay. Uh, next one is from uh, Erie. Uh, how do you navigate the line between privacy and being hidden in a relationship? And she further expanded to when a partner wants to hide you from others in their lives mm -hmm. in a very unethical way and disguises it as privacy. What are some ways to notice that? That's a hard one. Um, because first, if they're, see, cause this is so similar to monogamy too. like the whole, this, this, this gets caught up in the whole monogamy mindset of the vanilla world. Um, you know, if they're doing it about privacy and they don't ever want people to see you out together, mm -mm, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. If, if, I mean, I'm okay with, all right, we're going to this vanilla event, like we're going to a company picnic, 
my fam, you know, my coworkers know I'm married, but I want to take you anyway. Let's, you know, we'll just talk about being friends or whatever. I'm okay with that because that's, that is privacy. That's also, and it's also protection, right? Because they're not going to understand. I'm okay with that. You don't want to go out to dinner with me ever. You don't want to go to a kink event with me. You don't want to, you know, have a game night with friends and us talk about ourselves dating, even though everybody there is poly or kinky or whatever. Yeah, that's not okay. That, that means I'm breaking up with you <laughs> because that's, that's not privacy. That's shame. And I don't I mean, tolerate top, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go I mean, ahead. a topic that, that we, you know, when we were, when, when, when um, Trinity and I were discussing, you know, doing this, this uh, interview, you know, we talked about a word that I don't use, um, which is discretion, right? Because it's, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be such a terrible word, but it unfortunately has the, um, the, the negative connotation of hiding, cheating, deception, right? And what you're really talking about is deception. And the distinction between deception and privacy is a pretty broad one. Uh, and I think it, it, but it is also just that simple, right? It's not a matter of, you know, well, this is my privacy. And you can say, look, you know, if that is how you want this to be, that's out, that's outside of the boundaries of my relationship model. And that's it, right? You don't yeah. need to, you don't need to go any further and say, well, and you don't need to justify it, right? You don't need to say, uh, well, I, I, you know, here are the, here are the 10, re the top 10 reasons that I want to, you know, that I want to be on your social media or the top 10 reasons for, mm -hmm. or this or that you can just, or, you know, the leading experts say, no, you just say, this is what I need. And if they say, well, I can't do that. You go, okay, I understand. And, yeah. and then you walk away and that's, I mean, I think personally of all of the things that the monogamous, uh, I don't want to say community, because it's not really community when it's 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of people, yeah. right? But that the, that monogamous folks Mindset. can learn yeah. from from Polly is is the idea of that, you know, scarcity should not be the motivating factor. And yes. that, you know, having boundaries um, is, is such an important um, uh, component of a relationship. I agree. Uh, one of the things, uh, Erie, the final part of her question was, or what are some ways to notice that? What I would suggest is if they're saying, oh, privacy, privacy, I'd say, okay, what is this privacy? What is that about? What are you trying to, you know, what are you afraid that people are going to find out? What is, what is the root of that? You know, because privacy can come from, oh, I just don't like people knowing my shit. Um, which can, which is often good and, but can be unhealthy, just like almost everything else in the universe. Um, but also, but, it, but sometimes privacy comes from fear. Needing the privacy comes from fear. Certainly, you know, in the kink community, most of it comes from fear. You know, it comes from, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my kids. I'm whatever, you know, it's, it's a, a legitimate fear, a rational fear. 
Um, if they're not willing to be social with you because of privacy, then ask about the privacy. What are you protecting? We're going to get back to yours, MK. Don't worry. I've got you. <laughs> you um, Trinity, just... Yes. Yeah, it's just I, I, I know you're used to streaming and just, you know, that, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just got, so. I just got taught a boundary. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ryan, uh, oh, we've got, we've got, is it, is the next one MK's big question here? Uh, Ryan's gone. So, um, all right. So I'm going to read MK's question uh, and then we will, we will have a chance to talk about it. So I'm just going to read it out. My recent uh, challenges with privacy are not within my relationships, but are in the quote, vanilla world now that vanilla world now that now that now, oh, I see now that people are getting back out in social activities again, questions come up for me around how to handle the fact that my boyfriend who is single may introduce me to others as his quote-unquote girlfriend, but I also have on a wedding ring because I'm married. I'm aware that none of that it's none of anyone's business what the details are of our relationship dynamic, but I also don't like the idea that these that these others, neighbors, vanilla friends, etc., are most likely to believe that he, that he is dating a married woman who is cheating on her husband. Yet it's not likely that it's like it's not likely that him trying to explain the situation to others who are not in our inner circle would be very useful due to the stigma and lack of understanding around our ethical non-monogamy. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to, uh, Sorry, my, um, my, my, my connection has been choppy tonight. So, um, keeps putting me. Um, okay. MK had a very long question. I already, I, I just, I just, okay. I just read the whole question. <laughs> Ran out of breath, but I did. Okay. The whole question now. Um, which, which I, I will essentially summarize to: What do you do with a person who is um, introducing you in a way that makes you uncomfortable in a vanilla setting? Well, I think that there there are actually multiple pieces of that. So, MK, I think um, thinking about does this bother you and not your boyfriend? Um, if it bothers you and not your boyfriend, you have two options. You can not worry about it because it's your boyfriend's issue, right? Like he, it's, I mean, if, if he ends up having a problem with it, then, you know, you guys can talk about what to do, but if he doesn't have a problem with the idea of answering the questions, if it's because you just think that they'll think badly of him, but he doesn't, that doesn't bother him at all, then that's not your thing to worry about. Um, but at the same time, if it bothers you that he introduces you in that way, um, yeah, but, and that's the thing. Okay. So she says, um, I'm sorry, I don't know your pronouns, but, um, I don't mind being introduced that way. As long as we are obviously together, it is more about the questions or suppositions that come from others. What I've learned is I can't control what other people think or what they assume or anything like that. Um, and if I try to, I usually get it wrong and I end up fucking things up worse. Um, so if, if it's a bother for him, there are other easier options. You can take off your wedding rings. 
Um, you can, add, he can introduce you as something else, um, not girlfriend. Um, yeah. So like, there are a lot of things I don't wear a wedding ring generally, but mainly because I lost weight and it doesn't fit and it can't be resized because it has inscriptions and all the crazy things in it. And I don't care enough to get another set. So I don't have that problem specifically, but I also am of the habit where like, if I'm out to dinner with a partner, I'll mention my husband to the server or something and which is all kinds of confusion. Um, so, and I like what, I like what me says. It's up to you to decide if you want to let the world judge and not worry about it. Or if you're in the closet and want to either appear platonic in public or take off your ring. Yeah. And I think that's, that is the thing. So you can either not wear your rings and he can introduce you as his girlfriend, or he can, you can wear your rings and he cannot introduce you as your girlfriend. The easiest thing would probably just be to take off the rings um, in, you know, so it doesn't change the fact that you're married. You know, your marriage is not in jeopardy because you're not wearing your rings. Um, so it's, it's not easy because, but the thing is, these are, these are also the things you have to kind of confront when you're in non-traditional relationships. You've got to, you've got to understand that there are people who are going to judge you about it. It's there. That's the way it, that's the way it works. Um, I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say this isn't really, you know, it's kind of similar to the other question, right? These aren't really, these aren't privacy you know, this isn't privacy, right? In, in the sense of, um, well, in the first one, I would say that it's, it was much more clear cut, right? That this is, uh, that this wasn't a privacy. In, in this case, what you're saying is, hey, I've got a boundary around my privacy, right? And, and that is that I don't want to be outed as poly or, you know, to have people get the wrong idea. And that's, that's really a direct communication issue, right? And a boundary, and as, as me said, a boundary, a boundary issue, a communication and boundary issue. And it becomes, and, and if you don't communicate that, right, then that's on you. And if you do communicate that and your partner, you know, this partner says, Hey, I need this. And they may have a, they may have a very good reason. They may say like, look, I need our relationship to be legitimized in the eyes of my friends. I need it to be real. And if I don't introduce you as such, it's not real to me. And, and then that becomes up to him and him and you to figure out where that, where that line is and, and how, and how you resolve that. Um, I do think, yeah. I do think this whole situation is about privacy also though, because it's, if she's wearing a wedding ring then, and being introduced, then that is essentially outing her. Right. So, right. I mean, I think, I think, I think it's, it's so intertwined. It's hard to separate. So, uh, so any other questions before we uh, wrap up for tonight and talk about the next few shows? It looks like um, Rem Nono is that a new question about if you're in a mixed group public event and someone asks you to introduce your friend, but you only know their scene name, but you don't want to out them. What you sh what should sh what should you do? Oh, I've put I've the, got an answer me, for that, which is I, put, always, I and I've up. been in this situation. Um, I'm going to put this back is, in chat. There'll be a um, And I always just sort of say to them, um, and this is my friend, and then let them introduce themselves. One thing I'll do is I'll say, how would you like to be introduced? Right, beforehand, right? But if, well, I'll but I'm saying. Yeah, I'll okay. lean in. Even in the situation, I'll lean in and mm -hmm. say, hey, how do you want to be introduced? 
Oh, I see. Because um, I'm thinking, I'm imagining it like, you know, oh, this is my, this is Joe and this is Sally and this is, and, you know, and it's and it's and it'd be, I think it'd be awkward to be like, how do you want to be introduced? Because it's like, well, my, well, my name is Frank, right? But, like, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Online, having a different name online and in real life is so common now. I people people won't even raise their eyebrows. It's mm. like, oh, we met we met online, so I'm not sure, you know, how they want to be introduced, you know, mm. or whatever. Like it's mm -hmm. just so ubiquitous. It's it I've I've never had anybody raise eyebrows when I've asked that ever. Um That's interesting. And, you know, usually everybody will laugh. It's like yeah. everybody's got so many names. I never know how to introduce people. See, that's funny though, because it's, even, it's, it's, like, this is this is it's gamer forty five, you know. But right. yeah, from I mean you know, online videos. I don't know. When I've when I've been out, and I've had this situation with mixed kink and vanilla friends multiple times, and and I've run mixed kink vanilla events, um, and I you know usually will tell people also, hey, at this event, this is what you should call me. Please only use this name at yeah. this event, um, but also you know, tell please tell me beforehand what how you'd like to be called. But but I've also had a situation once where we were at a kink. Ren Fair and some vanilla folks came up to us and asked us our names. And it was like one person said, well, my name is, and I'm, I'm not using anyone's real name, right? So my name is Frank. The other one goes, my name is Subslave20, <laughs> right? And it's like, you know, and, and it was a little bit awkward. Um, and it, it did lead to a conversation. It, it led to an uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's just the risks you take yeah. Um, by having mixed friends and it's something that you have to think about and, and it's tricky, right? Because uh, going back to this issue of, of allies, um, I, I think it would be impossible for me to not be open with certain friends because, because kink is such an important part of my life, mm -hmm. not being able to talk about it at all. Uh, I had one friend who I, who said that they didn't want to ever hear about kink. And I, I couldn't maintain the friendship. They, they, yeah. they were like, listen, I like you, but I, I, I just never want to hear about anything you do. And I'm just like, uh, okay, okay, but that's a big part of my life yeah. and who I am and, and that, that kind of soured things. That's so. a big part of why I most of my friends group are kinky people. Like, I would say 90% 90, 90 of my friends group are kinky people. The other 10% are writers. And I think that's what happens also when you become, when, when you, when you join the community um, and you start going to events, that kinship and that, frankly, even, even if it's just the ability to be open yes, is what over, part. over time starts to take over your life. And then you go, Oh, if I invite, you know, if I want to have five people over, and one or two of them are vanilla, then I have to change the entire event. And it becomes that it's actually the vanilla people that become the exceptions yes. in your life. And, and it becomes, yeah. and, and it has to do with when you're, when you're allowed to be authentic, you don't want to go back to not being authentic, you know, like That's right. you do, you just don't want to. Right. So um, I know so, that. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking we were a little limited on time, but yeah. Well, there, there was it. one, the very, yeah. very first thing that somebody said, I don't want to miss it. They wanted me to revisit something. Um, oh, I, oh I, I, I think we uh, we got that in follow-up conversation amongst the chat room, I think. Oh, okay. And, and it, right. it was no further question um, okay. you know, needed. So yeah, I, I was um, diving into that into the chat. So yeah, I think, I think we're, 
All right. Uh, I think we're good on, we're caught up on the questions. So um, we, okay. like I said, we do have another uh, show coming up in about a half an hour. Um, I but guess I, I, I will. Um, just, yeah. Right. But I want to also plug my own shows, but. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead? Coming up. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got, sorry, cause I, cause we, we've worked out the schedule up till June and uh, you know, cause Ryan, we, you and I have talked to you like, Oh, I, I want to know what's the next month. So I'm giving you six months. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I'm giving you six months of shows right now, uh, which is uh, so so no show in December, but we're going to do a, a hangout on Airmeet because um, uh, Dating Kinky isn't doing any shows in December. Uh, January will be privacy and FetLife. This is a an off rec often requested topic, which is analyzing the privacy issues around FetLife specifically because it's such a popular uh, popular site. Uh, in February, for for Valentine's Day, we'll do we'll be doing privacy and dating, uh, privacy and dating with Nookie Notes. Um, uh, I've heard she uh, she may know a few things um, ab about this topic. Uh, in March, we'll be doing privacy and the law with Mean Streak Milewide. Um, he is amazing. Uh, he was one of the first King presenters that I ever saw, and. Um, just knows an enormous amount about the law and um, and kink and also poly and and just a lot of these issues and uh, is an attorney so um, it will be great to have him uh, in June uh, we have I have been asked so many times about uh, instant messengers so we'll be doing secure instant messengers these are instant messengers that um, respect your privacy um, most of them you'll probably have never heard of. Uh, but uh, they are uh, the, the the best of the best, the cream of the crop um, in terms of instant messengers. And if you have other thoughts, um, you can contact me at veer at veerkoto.com if you have questions, thoughts, or show ideas. Okay. Um, thank you, Veer. Yeah, and it's great to have all of that in advance. And we have the first show uh, is available on FatLife to RSVP, and I put in the link to... Uh, the show page on our uh, website, uh, datingkiki.com slash keeping secrets. There you can access uh, earlier episodes. As I mentioned, um, this series, because of its um, you know, kind of imports, we just make this one freely available on demand um, because we want everyone to be as, as equipped as they can. Uh, you can sign up for email reminders. You can uh, ask questions. You can, I think, make suggestions. So, um, yep. So, yeah, please do feel free to check that out. Um, as far as what's, as I said, we have another show coming up uh, in, you know, about a half an hour. Um, we're gonna be doing our kink and mental health show called Untangled. We're gonna be discussing boundaries um, and mental health. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we have a big um, webinar series coming up next weekend, and I think there are still a few free tickets still available. It's um, it's called It's All About Play. It's gonna be uh, uh classes discussions and demos related to play i mean we're not fully out of the the pandemic quarantine yet but i mean people are getting more out and about now and hopefully um interacting safely so uh you know if you are uh one of those people i think we'll have uh, plenty of um content for you to uh brainstorm upon uh afterwards so and some fun demonstrations coming up uh you know particularly happy with some of the uh, bookings we're gonna saturday night we're gonna have a pegging demonstration so you know that's yeah that was my that was my that was my reaction when i, I first saw the woman do that presentation you know before booking her so 
she is, uh, and she, yeah, you know, it's, um, she's very good at explaining what she's doing while she's doing it in a, in a you know, where, you know, if that were me, I wouldn't be able to concentrate, but yeah, you know, clearly, you know, it's, she's, you know, it's, it's all old hat to her, but, um, but it won't appear that way on camera. I can tell you that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, th um, there's the FET link to, uh, you can RSVP there. We appreciate you do that for visibility, but it's to get, uh, datingkinky.com slash play. That will be, uh, where you'll register. And as I like to say, get your ticket to ride. Um, and uh then i think you know we have i think we I think we're just one show now next week i think it's our switching so flipping the switch but i do want to call attention to that's gonna be on monday um uh i do want to call attention so vera mentioned we're, we're giving our hosts um december off so they can uh recuperate after we really appreciate all their hard work uh nookie's gonna be doing a whole bunch of presentations in december we're calling it the, the 12 days of kinkness she is taking suggestions on what topics she's going to do so if, if there's something you'd like to hear that is not being covered uh sufficiently or you'd like to hear her thoughts on particular uh click those links and you'll be able to get her uh, you'll be able to put in your two cents i think she's already uh booked one class i think it's called like um something about i think it's something anal probably related it's like uh something about suspicious buttholes or something like that uh, maybe it's ma making them from like you know you know from suspicious to hospitable i yeah i, I don't uh, yeah uh, that, that would be the content the subtext but um you'll just have to come and check it out you know but uh you know so i think it's gonna be 12 days i think it's gonna be at different times too so we're gonna be able to you know uh grab some time zones that aren't, you know, are, are outside of, I'd say like us evening time. So, you know, we want to kind of keep expanding our audience that way. Uh, and let me just throw up our, our two other, I know I'm, I'm like captain links over here, uh, but um, there's a, and there's at least to uh, the site where you can access our app. And then also we have a discord now. So, and um, finally here is where you can reach um, Veer and, and Trinity and uh, Veer, Veer threw his up earlier. Um, verbally but you know there's his fed and his website and then there's trinity's fed and then um i first found her that light post about her book and then i found the book and there's the good rings link to that you know so um and uh yeah just do do check that out um okay uh can everyone please give uh veer and trinity a uh, a round of applause for a wonderfully um informative discussion uh we really appreciate uh they're making the time Oh wait, yeah, or, or you can throw your emoticons in in the chat. <laughs> awesome. Thank right, you. Well, thanks everyone, and uh, be looking forward to this uh, air meet uh, in December and a a uh, a happy twenty twenty two of of awesome shows with all of you all. So hey, and Vera, congratulations on your on your uh, year twelfth. Yes, my twelfth uh, anniversary. Episode. Thank awesome. you so much. The paper. All right. All right. I'm going to hit stop on the recording.